27 minutes it is now before the uh, top of the hour and uh, we're going to shortly go into our under the microscope conversation and uh, going to be taking a look at uh, the issue of uh, broad-based black economic empowerment is it really working uh, if not as uh, many of us uh, i guess would agree but from different vantage points uh, what then becomes the locus of change? Uh, what uh, should be drive? What or who, I should say, uh, should be driving that kind of change? And uh, I'm going to be joined uh, shortly uh, by uh, economist Clandy uh, Pai uh, to speak briefly about, uh, I guess, some of the issues there when it comes to uh, BE, and more importantly, some of the big issues uh, that uh, these particular remarks by Khairi throw up. Uh, because uh, I guess the context that a lot of us miss is that. This comment comes uh, in the context of Capitec uh, standing to lose their own uh, uh, BE ownership uh, to some extent, uh, if indeed uh, regiments uh, through one of the other entities, which uh, was uh, a selected partner in uh, Capitec, if regiments uh, sells uh, some of uh, their Capitec shares in order to pay the fine they owe Transnet, uh, then that might mean that Capitec, in order to maintain the same level of black ownership, will have to institute a new deal. And I think... Uh, this comment is as much philosophical reflection as it is immediate frustration on the part of Khiri Furi, who uh, is the CEO at Capitec and the recent winner of the Sunday Times Business Leader of the Year. Kandi, good evening to you. Very well, thank you, man. Uh, Klandi, um, I want us to maybe start off here. I mean, just some of your own reflections when uh, this particular comment was made. Uh, I, I was uh, suggesting earlier on to a colleague that um, a lot of us have made quite a bit about this without understanding, I guess, Kherifuri's own capitate context and how uh, that might have uh, triggered this particular view. Look, I mean, I, I think it's starting to be a little bit irritating in the sense that... Um, even if we don't use words like BE or broad-based economic empowerment, mm. I think we all agree that there's a huge problem with inclusion in our country. Sure. And we know the historical issues. And then we know the kind of you know situation that we face, inequality, exclusion, you know, issues with education. So I don't, it, it is an issue in which I think all leaders should embrace some sense of an effort to, you know, to build inclusion. That's the one part. So I, I, I think when people go through around these things where uh, BE and BBE is not working, especially because we have gone to BBE, broad based economic empowerment, because people thought the first black economic power was 40. And I mean, most business leaders participated in that process. So it's a bit strange now that people say, well, it doesn't really work. Because it's like, to me, they were actually really not interested in inclusion. Mm. And, and I mean, I guess the difficulty here, uh, uh, Kandi, is that indeed Kherifuri is right. How we've done BE over the last 20 years or so has been to really cherry pick and select some of uh, the very politically connected uh, people, get them in, in as part of these deals, and uh, maybe if you're lucky, pepper that with some broad based uh, participation, get a women's group here, get a youth group here, and maybe find a church group to, uh, I guess, uh, fold the count. And, and then say you've undertaken a deal and you know if Harry Furi comes back and says now I, this thing didn't work the big question I'm asking is you know uh, and I think the issue here is and BA also is more than just you know ownership these stakes there's a huge part of it and that includes um, you know empowerment of small businesses various systems making sure that um, you know how you employ people leadership and business management there's a whole string of things that people 
um, can do. And I think a lot of it has been emphasized on this idea of stakes and people say, well, actually, if I don't have a I don't know, 20 to 25% or whatever it is, then it's not working. And particularly because I think any structure, right, because um, companies do look for the people that they are going to actually bring in as the partners and then they structure it and they create. And, you know, um, before I forget this, a, a book written by, um, I forgot in this reading, I want to uh, so that's the business women. And she said um, that actually a lot of um, white business and family, white capital has made a lot of money um, on on transformation and being more than more money than they actually ever thought that they could make. Because of course, these deals are you know um, have debt instruments mm. and structuring and capitalization, all of these things. So it certainly is interesting to me that actually people say that not when actually there is so much to it. And I think at some point um, we have to actually have a really more important discussion around how we actually see um, the you know inclusion and the restructuring of um, and participation just of ordinary people because we're not going mm. to make it we're not going to make it going on like this and I think it's starting um, to show um, that this thing is not working yeah. I, I, it's a really it's one of the things that really really concerns me because I think in one sense if we think about some of the hostility that is starting to arise in our society, especially from young people. It is because people are looking at these things and saying, all the decisions that are being made, all um, the money that is being made, is actually being made outside of us. And I think we need to actually get more people in the room. Mm. And it's astounding to me that business leaders don't get that. You know, it's quite, it's quite interesting that you mentioned the point of, of how, in many ways, I guess, white established business interests have benefited uh, from BE. I mean, I remember talking to someone who was at the DTI when all these codes were set up. Um, and she says, you know, intentionally, we wanted to create an industry of uh, verification agencies, verification bodies. Uh, but what we didn't foresee was that uh, the overwhelming majority of those agencies would be white-led. Um, and I remember a stat that uh, did the rounds not so long ago suggesting, you know, that even less than uh, 10% of all of the certified verification agencies were actually owned by black people. It's, it's a very cruel irony here, uh, Klandi. And I guess it makes us sit up and wonder, uh, you know, where who, he who drafts and he who designs uh, and structures many of these deals, uh, I guess, often does so in their own interest. Yes, and I think, you know, and also there's been a lot of mischief that goes into this deal. In the first instance, you know, you will find that a BE deal requires that somebody, you know, that the participants actually are, are committed for a number of years, so sometimes five, seven years, ten years, and nowhere in the basic economics and certainly basic finance um, does it make sense for anybody to be committed that long. To be locked in. Mm. Part, of our, part of the whole um, system is about liquidity, it's about being able to get out and get in, watch market and diversification so people will put in most of their money in one company so you kill the whole idea of diversification and also you stay in one place and therefore you may actually by the ter- end of the term um, actually be completely taken out as has happened and then of course many times the structures are not actually buying the company you're actually buying a derivative so a secondary part of the company so they will say well we're going to create a company alongside this company and you buy something that sort of tracks this company. So many of them actually have been, been true um, ownership of the company. So I think there's a lot of stuff we have to talk about. And I, I, I worry that um, these kind of diversions where people say, well, it's not working, are really problematic because actually one of the things we have to do is we honestly and openly think about what we need to do to include. And, you know, I, you know, I, I think we keep talking about 
you know, we want to grow this economy. You can't grow an economy if you don't include people. Mm. You don't diversify ideas. You don't um, get people to participate. There's just no way, especially for companies that are so well entrenched that actually make so much of their money from, you know, the black poor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, I think you're spot on, uh, Kanti. And I want us to pause here for a second because, you know, as you say, many companies here who uh, make their revenue and their top line largely from black consumers sometimes, you know, snigger at uh, uh, things like BEE. I mean, I remember saying on this particular platform that a company like ShopRite, for instance, has a level seven. And we'll come back to that particular issue. 17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, the uh, challenges around uh, broad-based black economic empowerment. I'd love to hear your perspectives. Give us a ring here on 089-110-3377. 089-110-3377. We're taking stock of uh, I guess some of the key things uh, that have gone wrong in the world of BEE. And uh, uh, in the next few minutes or so, we'll also take a look at what has uh, gone right. And uh, I certainly uh, am not one of those people who naively believe that that everything in the world of BE has gone wrong. Uh, and I do think that there are some lessons to be learned uh, from uh, some of the deals that have gone right and how those were structured and their links, of course, to uh, operational activity and getting black people involved in decision-making. Don't put people in trust, um, uh, you know, and say, yeah, yeah, we have a, a trust for our, some of our workers, they are shareholders. And then they sit there at the AGM or you go and get another representative uh, to sit there on their behalf as just as a rubber-stamping initiative. Uh, because indeed, if we are truly interested in economic transformation, then let's give black people decision-making power over uh, profit and loss-making divisions of businesses. And uh, let's do that with the serious intent uh, and in line with the spirit of Triple BEE. I'm in conversation with the economist and the founder at Nascent's Advisory, Kanti Pai. And Kanti, you know, just before we went to the break, you, you were flagging, I guess, in the case of Capitec, how, you know, a business that has been built on uh, really banking the poor black uh, working people in this country uh, can come back to us and say, you know, this BE thing is not a good idea and uh, uh, come to us and say that when they've struck a BE deal that was also narrow in conception. Now, if you think about that and you also think about a ShopRite uh, who customer base wise has a similar customer base and they are sitting with a level seven BE, not only on ownership, enterprise and supplier development and even some of the elements around skills development on a level seven. I mean, I think, you know, um, one of the problems, of course, we have is um, the capacity of government to monitor and to actually do it. You mm. know, because obviously, um, most important job of the government is actually to make sure that, you know, the rules and regulations and the laws are actually implemented. There's very little um, we really ask from the government. I think, you know, taxpayers ask, say, look, we enter into a contract in which we are going to enter into a democracy and then we're going to participate in this thing and we have, you know, that social contract between all members of society and one of government's thing is to make sure that um, they regulate our interactions and they make sure that they are fair and that, you know, the most powerful don't take advantage of the weak and all of that. And government's main role in this thing is to make sure that actually people are participating. One of the uh, things that has come out in the literature that's quite interesting is that when you put women in leadership uh, and particularly in position, then you start to see that, that you know, that differential between um, remuneration where you find, of course, that, you know, women earn less than men, that once they are part of the discussion, also part of the boards of management, then that goes away because they are in the room and therefore can actually see these things and they can make a change. And it's certainly what we need to do, of course, is, you know, with the demographics, the race issues, that 
if you have black people, I mean, obviously, there are, this can be fallacious in the sense that, of course, people can ignore these kinds of things. But if you include people and put people in the room, then suddenly we can actually start to think about how we create a more equal society, a much more open society, where people actually start to earn the same that we debate inequality because people are in the room, they can see these things, they can see the numbers. And we are not getting there because, of course, if we think the you know, black economic empowerment is just this whole thing where I give you 25%, it does not talk about uh, all the other parts of business and how you actually empower and include people, then you've completely lost it. And I think that's the mischief mm. that um, has been sold around black economic empowerment that are actually are inclusion that it's just about uh, his BE deal with shares, and that's all there is to it. But there are many elements to it, and companies actually fail at the more important elements that require um, people to actually participate and say, we're actually playing a role in economic activity. Kandi, mm. I want us, uh, and I like the point you're making, because I, I think it does shift... Uh, very importantly, the discussion away from just ownership elements. I think what Khairi Fari here is speaking to is just the ownership element. And uh, I think many people uh, and uh, many of us ought to take him to task and say, uh, if indeed on the ownership you're unhappy, uh, what have you done when it comes to enterprise and, and uh, supply and skills development? Um, and uh, do you also think that those uh, parts are, are faulty as well? But I want to come to some of the deals that are often you know, uh, shown to us as uh, you know, successful examples. And uh, maybe we want to take a look at Ubuntu Butu and uh, Sanlam, where, you know, over a long period of time, the, the involvement, in my view, uh, of uh, Ubuntu Butu in the operations of Sanlam has not only changed Ubuntu Butu, but in essence, Ubuntu Butu has also changed uh, uh, the operational dynamic inside of Sanlam. I mean, if you think about Sanlam in the 90s, really servicing the Afrikaner middle market, uh, which was their historic market, and now you potentially have an entity that has uh, become a lot more diversified in its uh, showing. Yes, I think that's quite important. I think, you know, um, I think on the part of Sanam, and certainly, you know, the fear of Sanam, by all means, you know, is the guy that is well-known to be fair, to be dynamic. Um, and I think in some way, you know, to drive really the important agenda, because I think in a very important way, especially, I guess, because also um, uh, assurance companies and, you know, insurance companies, um, I've had very little choice because I suppose um, their customers tend to be owners of the business anyway. So it actually does tend to make sense. But I think in a, in a very important way, um, you, we have to drive that dynamic in which actually we make sure um, that you know, we are a little bit more nuanced with the discussion. I thought that um, one of the interesting things about the details, right, is one of the things that we find um, is that if you really think about why we are doing uh, economic you know, transformation and uh, economic empowerment and inclusion, it's a very idea that you know, many people over a long period of time were excluded and that actually we carry a lot of us, you know, carry a lot of debt from our past. In order to be included into the economy, we actually have to borrow money to participate um, in inclusion. And so actually recreating all these cycles of debt and ownership and, you know, and I think part of it is it's, uh, I think one of the things they are signaling, and I think it's very important, is that actually we look at the whole structure. And I think that's a very important question about, let's really look at the structure. What is it that we were trying to do? That actually we don't recommit people into debt, um, into these structures, but in the end actually don't really empower people. But at the same time, think about how we actually want to make this thing. So in some sense, when they want to, you know, when people focus on 
ownership, I think there's something important there because mm. we actually have a really a good discussion about what we mean by ownership. You know, once empowered, always empowered. That's important discussion. But even a more important discussion is how these deals have worked over a period of time and how they do um, very little um, in terms of what they actually are intended to do. And I think we have really have not done that. And mm. it's a shame that we see, you know, companies, as I, you know, where they choose their BE partners, they structure the deals, they choose the bankers, they, and then at the end they say this thing is not working. As if actually they had no part of it, they had no participation. It is all on the other side of government. I mean, in some That's, cases they finance it themselves, kind of. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in some ways, one of the people that have let us down mostly uh, have been, the, you know, um, some of our me- members of the media who actually have not asked these questions about how can you actually say such a thing? Where have you been all along? Who struggled with you? So what has gone wrong? Because I think one of the things we find is that, you know, free media has always been calling out not so much um, power to account, holding power to account, but holding government to account. And I think mm. the issue actually is to hold power to account, and that power means business, that means government, that means, you know, politicians, not just government. And yeah. I think the uh, media has failed to try, not I mean, so a member, some members of the media has failed to actually ask those questions, where were you when these deals were being done? Where were you mm. when you were discussing, um, you know, not just BE, when you're moving it forward to BBE? What are the elements that you're doing? So that mm. we don't keep saying the same narrative that is starting to stick and become more stable as if actually this thing um, isn't working. And it isn't working because obviously it wouldn't work if the people are implementing it. Sure. Are not doing a good thing. Yeah. Kandi, I want us to talk, I guess, about another element of uh, uh, some of the remarks he made here. And, uh, you know, he suggests as uh, an alternative uh, that rather than focusing on entitlement, uh, we need to focus on what everybody needs to do to... Uh, um, take a what-can-I-do approach. Now, you know, the moment I hear a well-heeled person in South Africa speak about entitlement, uh, I, I must say, no one because in, indeed, I think people can sit in very cozy, air-conditioned offices and speak about the entitlement of people without really speaking about the kind of culture of impoverishment and enrichment that we continue to see in this country and uh, that, I guess, BE hasn't shaped up to confronting. So I travel a lot, and many times, you know, we get that annoying six, five past six a.m. flight uh, at the airport. <laughs> right and now, as yeah. drive out past Alex, people are crossing the street coming to St. at five past six. And then ask yourself, what time did these people wake up, and when did they leave their families? Mm. On what basis can it be said that people are entitled, people are lazy, and that they want things? They only want to participate in their, in their labor, and that's all there is. And I think... We have you know, this narrative of, you know, people are entitled. Of course people are entitled. There is entitlement. If you work, you know, you know we, are in a, we live in a democracy and, you know, and uh, in a free society. People should be entitled to the fruits of their labor that, we, you know, we wanted to share um, the prosperity. And that's an important thing. We also have to make decision-making. We want to be diverse society so that actually we can grow this economy because diverse ideas come together. It's all in the literature. And I just... Mm quite strange that leaders continue um, to, to speak as if they are in the 1920s before we found out how important it is to be inclusionary, to be diverse, um, for people to participate, to, you know, to share um, in the world, to share in the prosperity that people create together. Um, so it, 
it really is a strange thing. And I think for, for the most part, I mean, I always said this uh, thing that if we, we look for jobs in the mining sector, not happening in Marikana, a lot of people wash their hands and say, just, you know, it was all government. Whereas we know shareholders hire managers and executives mm. to look after their interests. They say, look after their machines, look after our machines, look after our mines, our licenses, look after the people who work there. It would not be, it would make any sense if you get, for example, if you, um, you know, if uh, the CEO um, of Standard Bank, suddenly the machines don't work, we go to the ATM and you can't press, it doesn't work because the machines are not strong. That makes sense. We would ask him, why is that a problem? And I don't understand why we have not asked in terms of labor relations, why have you not managed labor relations because that's part of your job? Mm, mm. And I think, Part of the issue is we forget the basic things yeah. that actually how our system of uh, our, our government or economic system works. Yeah. So can actually can be here. I think you're raising a lot of interesting questions here, which also for me uh, sort of throw up a question of when's one doing with social ethics and risk committees? But let me, let's take a look quickly at just this tweet that's coming through here from Muslim Kita. And she says, I shudder to think if these corporates would have moved at all on transformation had the government not legislated it. Because wow, clearly abafuning a lay economy too. Uh, is this a failure in essence of uh, in the post-apartheid period of, uh, in my view, a business leadership? Uh, that uh, there hasn't been a leadership, especially within, I guess, white established business to say this is something that is within our interest. If indeed we create new economic interests, new markets, uh, it will ensure the continued survival even of our own economic interests. Uh, and uh, why, why, I guess, has there been this kind of myopia and the short-sightedness when it has come to, to this issue of transformation um, and, I guess, uh, you know, upending all of these economic relations? Ah, seem to have lost uh, Kanti there for a second. Uh, but uh, let me read the other part of uh, uh, that uh, tweet there from Zimkita. Um, and uh, she uh, also says, let me just see if, if I can find that tweet. And she says, Capitec's behavior has been appalling. Uh, the judge's criticism was the, uh, their discrimination of certain black minorities. Their behavior was just divisive and not in good faith. And they need to address that. Um, and uh, responding there, of course, to some of the issues uh, that uh, she has uh, with uh, Capitec. But uh, uh, I guess uh, in response to um, Zimkita's question on my end, uh, you know, uh, South African business isn't known uh, to do some of these things uh, voluntarily. I, I certainly don't think they would have transformed uh, voluntarily. But um, if you think about the first BE deal, it actually predated BE as we understand it. And that was, I think, also because many in the Africana business community with that first Sunlam deal could see that the tide was changing, uh, that our society was changing. And uh, Kandi, the question I'm posing is, uh, is this a sign of, uh, I guess, failed leadership or the lack of a particular project within uh, a white business circles uh, that uh, sees transformation of our society, transformation of this economy as something that is in the shared interest of all of us? I think most importantly, it's failed leadership. Because really, um, you know, we depend on leaders to actually drive, um, you know, all of us, so that you're a shareholder, whether you're a worker, um, a, you know, a policymaker, all of our interests are interconnected. And leadership, we always say, Leadership, leadership, and it is actually leadership that um, where these things are failing. So they have four sides. It is almost, um, if you think about some of the things that you are facing, it's almost like if you were thinking you were in 1994 and you were seeing these changes that were happening, certainly somebody should have thought, you know, as things change, we are going to face certain kinds of problems um, and that we need to actually plan for them now. You know, we're going to have to change the way we think about things, we need to change. And in some ways, 
Um, it isn't that way. You know, leaders hand over to other people and they abandon their responsibilities and they think this whole inclusion, economic inclusion thing, this transformation thing, this empowerment thing is actually what we are being asked by government. It would be interesting to me to think, if you say the CEO, this thing has failed, what are the ways in which you are thinking we could actually do this? Because I think many people should at least agree that we need um, some sort um, of transformation of inclusion to make things different. Mm-hmm. So in some way, you know, you say, look, if you're going to go out there and say this thing has failed, what is it that we haven't done? What is it that we should do? Um, and I think and that's what can they do? Like. I mean, you, you can't sit as Capitec and act as if you're some Katla Hong-based NGO, you know? Uh, you sit on massive resources uh, and in an ecosystem that marshals massive resources. The big question should also be to say, okay, this thing's not working, but this is what I think we can do. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And we keep saying, you know, we got very excited, I'm sure, uh, you know, throughout, you know, winning the rugby um, mm. tournament. Because I think we all thought, you know, a lot of people think, well, it looks like we can be united, we can move together, we can. And then people sort of turn around and they say, well, um, no, not there. You know, mm. we're just going to be here with the euphoria. It's super problematic because actually this is not the kind of leadership we need, especially because I think if we think really, really, we all want an economy that is growing, we want sure. to build wealth, there's only one way to do it. It is to include people. Exactly. Kandi, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Pleasure catching up with you. Really, really appreciate you taking time Thanks out to speak to us. That there is Kanti Pai. Uh, he's an economist at uh, a nascent advisory speaking to us this evening about this matter of uh, BEE. And uh, long may the conversation continue. We'll have to leave it there. 9 p.m. is the time. And uh, I'm going to leave you uh, with uh, the uh, soulful sounds of the man with the music centers here for 9 to midnight. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nanguku. Susai Banga. Lee Economy.